investor doing things on your own? How about someone working with a firm that isn't so responsive or in sync with your investment philosophy? My podcast talks you through all things financial. Look, there's stuff you don't deal with very often, but investments, insurance, and retirement is something we plan for each and every day. This is the Pennywise Financial Podcast, and welcome to the show. Welcome to Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine Kitronos here with my guest host today, Lisa Gianvecchio. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Am I just your guest host? You're my guest and you're also my wife. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. All right. You're such a pain. You're, you are brutal. Brutal. I'm so honored to be here today. Lisa, tell us about your company, what you do, and um, why you're so awesome. <laughs> Let's hear it. Uh, well, I work for Geraci Realty. It's um, me and my best friend, Sonia Russell's um, father's company that we took over. Oops. Sorry. I'm. You're getting yelled at. I'm getting yelled All at right. already. Keep I'm, going. I'm playing Keep going. with a rapper. Okay. So real estate. <laughs> yes. Real estate agent. Yes. Um, okay. So we know right now, everyone thinks the market is so hot. And the market is pretty hot, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're on one side of the transaction. Yes. If you're on the other side, it's not so fun. No. Talk, talk a little bit about that. So if I'm a buyer right now, um, what are some of the hurdles? What are some of the problems, the challenges that I'm going to have trying to buy a home? Well, I think the main tur- hurdle is there's not a lot of inventory. People aren't selling or there's just in it that we've kind of been in the steady up climb of a market anyways. And um, there's just not a lot of inventory. So, so if you're looking at a house. Why is that? Like, why is there not some, are people not moving? Are they not changing jobs? Is it COVID? Is it like um, a combination of stuff? It's a combination of stuff. I mean, we were steadily like, it was definitely a seller's market and it just steadily started to increase. Um, I definitely think a little bit could be COVID related. People afraid to like move, um, cost of products going up. Um, if people are moving, they're moving out of state. You could sell your house (laughs) (laughs) and make terrific money. But then if you're going to stay in New York and choose to pay New York taxes, you're, you have very limited inventory to look at. So now people are saying, if I'm going to sell my house, where am I going to go? I'm going to pay over ask when I could just stay at my house and do home improvements. So what happened, too, was with COVID, everyone was home and nobody could do anything. So people were doing home improvements. I mean, contractors, I mean, try booking a contractor right now. It's crazy. It's brutal. Brutal. Cost of wood. I mean, just I mean, even an example like a pool. You want to get a pool in your house. They're booking out till 2023 right now. So (laughs) we know that, right? Yeah, we We know all about that. We do. So like, I mean. I've kind of overheard some of the things that are, are going on right now. Are people buying houses with a pool? Like traditionally a pool is not a good thing necessarily, right? It doesn't add any actual value. Not typically. I mean, there's right. people that just hate pools. It's more cost to you. It's more maintenance. I mean, we are in Rochester, New York, so you get use out of it for three or four months out of the year. It's not like we're in Florida. Um, you know, your insurance is higher. You have you know, maintenance and everything. So sometimes people look at it as this is a headache to me. This isn't a bonus to my house. But lately with people not doing anything, people want pools. Um, well, yeah, pools, you couldn't go anywhere, right? No, you couldn't go Everything anywhere. Everything was closed. Yeah. So if you had a listing with a pool, I mean, you were getting, I mean, it's already going over ask. You were getting maybe another 20000 over ask because if the pool was nice and built in and you were, it was making its money. It was done. It was and done. It, and actually, you're, you kind of cut the line too, right? Because, I mean, we know we went into the pool store and it's about a year and a half to two year wait. Yep. 
So if you bought a house with a pool already there, already set up, you just cut the line. Oh. You just saved yourself two years of, of waiting. Of waiting, and now you have a pool. And people were paying for that convenience and luxury. Well, I mean, you're kind of paying for it. Like if you were to buy a pool right now or get a pool installed, think of all the material costs oh. gone up. They're on back order for, for uh, actually doing the work. And they're not cheaper. They're no. more expensive. No, yeah, for sure. We got sure. a quote how many years ago? Five, six years ago? Well, we thought it was two years ago, but... <laughs> Time flies. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you're buying a house with a pool. I mean, you're definitely ahead of the game because now you don't have to do the work. It's already done. I mean, especially a nice pool. So, you know, you maybe you end up paying $500,000 for a house with a pool, but it's going to cost you maybe $100,000 to get everything you need for that to pool. Yeah. So now you have it all one payment and it's all done. The pool, the electric, the landscaping, everything. the fence, the, all the other stuff that goes with it. It's yeah. not just that. It's just not let's throw in a pool and call it a day. And so COVID had some of those, those impacts. Um, for sure. And then people are really not changing jobs. I mean- Right. I mean, so we had clients that would downsize Mm -hmm. too, and you've helped a lot of our clients too. So they'll sell their house that has four or five bedrooms, right? The kids are off to college. Um, Maybe they started their own family and and like the mom and dad are like, all right, wait a minute. I don't need to have 3,500 square feet for just the two of us. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they go to a smaller place. Are you seeing any of those people renting? Um, yes, yes. Um, some people are renting. The thing with downsizing right now is you might be downsizing to a smaller house, but you're not downsizing that payment. (laughs) (laughs) So you make money when you sell your house, Yeah. but you're going to be paying for it when you buy the new one. Yes. Even if it is smaller. Yes. But take into effect, um, uh, take into account, I should say interest rates. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the average interest rate right now? Ballpark. I mean, with decent credit, decent credit, 3.25, three and a quarter percent. I mean, mm-hmm. like, think about that in the last 15, 20 years, I'd say the average interest rate is right around 5%. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty good. Um, I can remember when interest rates were eight or nine. Oh, my parents, when they bought their first house, I think they were at like 13% interest rate. Yeah. Imagine the, the payments right now on a $200,000 mortgage paying 14, 15%. That's crazy. Plus our lovely New York state taxes, uh, excuse me, property taxes, mm-hmm. in New York state income mm-hmm. tax. Um, well, so there's all kinds of things. And then even property tax. I mean, so if your house is getting reassessed, which I think it's starting to level off because everything was selling for so much over ask. It was appraising, but so say your house sold for, and they typically say, oh, it's not going to get appraised at what it sold for. For the most part, it is. New York State sees it selling that much over. They want their money. They want taxes, you know? Of course they do. So, you know, say a house was assessed at $100,000 and you just bought it for two hundred, and you were paying maybe 5000 in taxes. What do you think your taxes are going to go up to a 100000 over assessed value? So that's another thing that, that I know you help clients with all the time is, is like when you buy the house, it's assessed at a certain tax rate. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, w- when you buy the house, you're usually buying it for more than it's assessed for. Yes. Right. Yep. And so that assessment goes up. And then what happens to their payment? Their payment goes up. Their payment goes up. So when you get a, a 30, let's say a 30 year fixed mortgage and your payments start off being $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Those can actually change, even though you're not borrowing more money. Oh, for sure. Well, taxes right? always go up no matter what anyways. So, I mean, going into it and not letting your clients know, like, blindly, I usually do worst case scenario. Hey, your taxes could go up. You kind of find what the tax rate in the area where they bought is, and you figure out what their taxes could possibly go 
up to if it goes up to the new assessed value of the house and what they paid for it at close um, and give them the worst case scenario. The worst thing for a client is to be taken by surprise that, oh, my God, my payments just went up $500 a month because my taxes did. Yeah, we can speak to that. We own a rental properties oh. in the city. Mm-hmm. And I can remember there being a shortage in the escrow account. And we ended up having to shell out like five, six hundred bucks additional a month for maybe 10 months, 11 months. Yep. I don't know many families that have an extra five, 600 bucks a month to be able to pay on a mortgage. Yeah. When you fix your budget and you count on that, you're kind of depending on that, right? Well, yeah, for sure. And it's kind of like shame on the banks that they're not keeping up with the taxes increasing and taking enough money out of, into putting into escrow for these these payments. So, I mean, you as an average person, you're not looking, hey, are you taking enough money out of my escrow, you know, to put into my escrow for my taxes? So all of a sudden you get a tax bill in the mail and your new payment just went up six, $700. The thing is when they reassess the property, you get an, a letter, a notice. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are large, massive banks that should have no problem budgeting. No, exactly. I, you and I can do it, right? Exactly. We make our grocery list. We know how much we have to spend. We go out and we spend that amount. Like, it's not a surprise. No. When you get the tax bill, oh my gosh, there's a there's a shortage in the escrow. Well, yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. They do a horrible job of that. Horrible. Horrible job. Anyway, with that, let's take a quick break. The stock market leaving you confused about what to do and how to plan for the unknown. We analyze the market every day and go to work for you, our clients. Listen to our Pennywise Financial Podcast to learn how we battle market downturns and what we're doing right now with our portfolios. Protection is an important part of investing. And with this new COVID environment and the raging market returns, that gives people the assumption that things only go up. Listen, share, and subscribe to keep up on the latest. Welcome back to Pennywise Financial Podcast. Constantine Kitchmanos here, Monarch Wealth Management. I'm joined by my guest host, my lovely wife, Lisa Gianvecchio from Geraci Realty. Welcome back, Lisa. Thanks. So we talked about some of the challenges that your clients are having on the buy side, right? Mm-hmm. Limited inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, what are some of the other things going on? I mean, well, just so think about the process. Bidding wars. Bidding wars. So, what does that mean? Like, so if I'm trying to buy a house, I'm, this might be my first purchase. Or think about it. How many times do you really buy a home, buy and sell a home? It maybe a couple times in your life. Mm-hmm. You have some people that upgrade a lot of times, but it's just like retirement planning. You know, we do retirement plan. How many times do you retire in your life? Once, maybe twice. You come back out of retirement. So talk a little bit about that. If if you are a new buyer right? Or you haven't bought in a long time. What is the environment like right now? Can I retire? Well, am, am I, am I that's, up, that's up to you. That's up to you. Totally up to Early you. Early retirement for me. There you go. Stressful job. Let's work on a financial plan and we'll get you there. Do, How you, about know, that? do you know anyone? I, I might know a person or two. <laughs> um, okay. So what was the question? What was the question? So, so the question is, we talked about some of the challenges that, that people are having oh, so right now. So bidding wars? Yeah. What does that mean? So it means, person? like I said before, um, you know, you're not many houses are coming up. And I mean, if it's a good house and updated and there's not a lot of things that you have to do to it, you have multiple people looking at this house. And the same group of people are looking at the same houses. So if you want to buy a house in Penfield or Webster or Fairport, you're looking at those houses that come up in Penfield, Webster, Fairport. Like typically before you get a buyer, you make a whole list, you you know do 10 showings, there might only be one showing that comes up and you literally have like, Three days to go see it because there it's not going to be on the market anymore. So you it'll be gone. It'll be gone. So those same group of people that still haven't found anything are going to the next house that comes up. So now you might go and you know you go with your client. They love the house. You're going up against I mean anywhere between 
five to, I mean, some, I feel like it's slowing down a little bit from how it was early spring market. Um, But you, sometimes there were as much as 22 plus offers. That's crazy. I mean, so how are you competing with that? You know, how do, how do your buyers feel? I mean, that's gotta be terrible. Chaotic. Totally discouraged. I mean, I have one client that's lost 18 houses. Finally, 18 houses. Finally just got one. I mean, I would have given up a long time ago. (laughs) And you you feel awful because there's nothing you could do. I mean, and I'm not saying we're losing these offers. We're losing them going in 65, 70,000. Solid offers. Yeah, solid. I mean, incredible offers over ask. What's some of the goofy stuff you've seen like Um, to try to get a house? So let's say we lost 10 houses and I'm like, lease, we got to get this house. What what might I do if I'm a buyer? I feel like the we're losing a lot to cash offers. Um, I've talked to a lot of agents, even a lot of people from lending. People are taking money out of their 401k, using that money to buy the house. Once they close, they're repaying their 401k. So, so explain that. Like why, if I'm selling my house and I have your offer, mm-hmm. it's a cash offer. Mm-hmm. Why is that offer more appealing than going through a mortgage or a lender? What's it? I mean, even if they're the same price. Let's say you yeah. offer me two hundred thousand, and uh, Mrs. Smith offers me two hundred thousand. So Your cash. It's money is money. So at the end of the day, they're saying it was two hundred thousand dollars. You're going to get two hundred thousand dollars. Right. It's the same cash, amount of money to me. Same amount. Right. But as a seller, that cash offer, um, you have no appraisal. Oh. You know, so, you know, whatever it is that they're just going to get it. The, if you go with a lender, the lender still has to go in and make sure this house appraises to give you a mortgage for this. Much. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we have some friends that were looking at a home, uh, put in an offer and they agreed on a price. And when it came to, to financing, it did not appraise. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? What does it mean? It did not appraise. What does that mean to people? So um, basically the, the appraiser from the bank will go in look at the house and make sure that this house is worth the money that you're paying for it. Appraising means, so say your house is assessed at $100,000 and you just got a crazy offer of 300000 Are the houses in the area going for $300,000? If it's not going to appraise for that and say you foreclose on it, the bank isn't going to give you a mortgage because then they're never going to get their money back. So basically they want to make sure that the value is in the home where yep. if if you are not able to pay your mortgage and they came in and foreclosed on it and they sold it, it, they're going to get about they're, the price uh, that they lent you, yes. right? The amount of money. So when things are selling for that much over appra- over assessed value and they're appraising because everything is selling that high. So mm-hmm. for the most part, things have been going through. But I think I have had some that did not appraise just because the offers are so crazy. So the next crazy thing people are doing to get the house is they're going to pay the difference of appraisal. So say- Out of pocket. Out of pocket. Oh, wow. So say like- it was a twenty thousand. Say you bought the house for a hundred thousand, and you it only appraised for a hundred or eighty thousand. They're willing to pay that difference so in that cash. in cash, and then the mortgage would be for eighty thousand instead of the hundred thousand because it only appraised for eighty thousand. Wow. Makes sense. So why why would somebody want to do that if they are just in love with a house and they got to get it and they know that there's really not a ton of houses out there? Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe you're desperate. Maybe you said, you know wow. what, I'm going to take advantage of this market. I'm going to sell my house. Now I can't find anything. I have nowhere to go. Or you're moving to the area. You don't want to rent and you need a house. What's your thought on the market as a whole? Because I think we're in a little different environment than we were in 2008. Because a lot of people are saying, geez, market's super hot. Um, if you were to sell your house, you could make a ton of cash. Mm-hmm. 
And if we go back to 2008, people were buying houses, especially down in Florida, some of the higher value uh, areas, more desirable where people wanted to go. They would buy the house, not to live in it, not even to rent it, not even to flip it. They would basically buy it to then turn around and sell it like next month. Well, for, they were for doing, fifty thousand more. When they were right? doing, they were going down there doing interest only loans. I, they weren't even that's doing nuts. credit checks on these people. I mean, that's how the really the market started to crash. I think was just all these loans that were given out by the banks for these houses. And it was and easy it, money too, easy right? Easy money. People were buying them, doing interest only. So pay, maybe buying like a five hundred thousand dollar house, paying interest only, maybe a thousand. I mean, the tax. So the principal was never going down. They're just no. paying interest because then, they knew they were going to sell it after I think a few you months. Had like what is it? I don't remember exactly what it was on interest only. You had only you could only keep your interest only loan for a certain amount of time. I can't remember exactly what it was. Well, we'll have to get a, if a, you, a mortgage expert yeah, in here If you kept it, then you would have to refinance it. So the goal was let's keep let's it, let it build it even before, higher, and then make a ton of money on it. Sell it before you got to yeah. convert well, and it. I mean, now even Florida, I mean, people are flocking to Florida. Mm-hmm. So their, their market is definitely just like ours, if not even crazier because, I mean... So Mr. Cuomo cites the weather. He says the weather is uh, contributing to people moving. So weather might be one thing. Who doesn't love sunny weather, Mm -hmm. right? But it is pretty brutal down in Florida. Summers? I would go to Florida in the fall and winter, but I couldn't imagine myself being there for that hot, humid summer. No. Again, people would say that about New York. I can't imagine being there for nine months of winter. Shoveling snow and cleaning off your car. Yeah. I mean, weather is a factor, but I think overall people that are moving are getting away from the taxes in New York. Taxes, um, a lot of the politics, politics. a lot of um, what's going on in schools, the curriculum. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons. I oh. think there's a lot. And then how about the crime rate? Crazy. You know, the crime rate is through the roof in the city of Rochester right now. It's out of control. Crazy. I don't know what this mayor's doing, but it's not, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy. I mean, crazy. what was that one thing we were reading that there was like a hundred calls and they only had enough policemen to answer, like to go respond to active calls, like 30 of them. Because I'm not surprised. It's just crazy. How about the real estate in the city? Like the rental market, is is that changing? Are, are people going more to the suburbs? Is that what you're well, I think seeing? Like, yeah, I mean, but I mean, people that love the city, love the city, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that just in general, the rental market suffered. I mean, can you imagine even being like in New York City where no. people didn't have to pay rent? And now you have these pro- – we have a rental property. And, I mean, we've you, you want to give your tenants the opportunity because you know they have, they're having hardships. Oh, yeah. But also, you need to pay your mortgage. So can That's you imagine right. if you have all of these more properties and nobody's paying? I can't, we're small time landlord. I can't oh, even imagine sure. owning 50, 100, 200 I, properties. Imagine like a big apartment complex in New York and you barely well, have anybody paying for them. This is the only thing. And I know there was not relief. Uh, they've come up with different programs for uh, real estate investors. But mm-hmm. the one type of real estate I do actually like is one where people live in. Right. Not the office buildings. Yeah. Like the retail, that kind of stuff that probably suffered big time, especially with COVID. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, they're not paying a lot of money or they're paying not a lot. I mean, they're paying an insane amount of money for retail space and locations. Oh, yeah. Well, they were when they were able to pay. Look at restaurants. I mean, if anybody that suffered, it's definitely at the restaurant industry. Absolutely. And we've got we've got um, friends and colleagues and you have co-workers that that do um, focus on commercial real estate. Yeah. Right. On the retail side. Yeah. And, and that looks promising. It's starting to get, it's starting get to better. Pick right. Up. Yeah. They that definitely looks promising. I mean, it could have went either way. I mean, people working from home. I mean, hey, why pay for office space when I could have everyone sit at home and I don't have a rent? You know? Yeah. But Cheaper's not always better. It's There's not, something I think to be said about people it. People want to get back into the office and get back to normal. And I think things will definitely start getting better 
better with commercial real estate. I like that. Let, let's end this segment on a, on a high note. Yeah, getting back to normal, mm-hmm. as you said. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with the show. Do you have a high deductible insurance plan? If so, have you set up your HSA? There's a ton of people who don't know what it is or how it works. Even worse, there is an underserved segment of the population that can't get advice from their advisor about how to make the most of these powerful and unique programs. Not many advisors focus on this in their practice, don't understand the mechanics of how they work, or even where to begin helping their clients. Reach out to me, Constantine at Monarch Wealth Management, and I'll guide you through this process and get you on track to make the most of your high deductible plan in your superhuman HSA. That's 585-484-1400. That's 585-484-1400. Welcome back to Pennywise Financial Podcast. This is Constantine here, Monarch Wealth Management. My guest host today, my wife, Lisa Gianvecchio, Geraci Realty. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you. All right. So we talked about a few things on your front, like how clients will go in and find a home, go ahead and try to make an offer and hopefully get a purchase. And we actually have my son, Sebastian, here today with us again. Another guest, right? He just right? made a special appearance. He made a special appearance. But now let's tie this into, you know, how investors make money. And we're in kind of a rising rate environment, right? Mm-hmm. And that means interest rates are pretty darn low. Probably the lowest they've been in a very long time in our lifetime. We may never see this again. But they're going up. They will go up, right? They're going to continue to rise. Yep. Yeah. And we know the Fed just met. They kept decided to keep rates the same. We know that's going to change in the next few years, right? That means lending, anything like auto loans, homes, mortgages, um, refis, any of that stuff, rates are going to go up. It's going to be more expensive, yeah. right? Yeah, so how, let's, t- let's talk about the real estate market. What's the average cost of a home in, in Rochester, oh. in the Rochester market I right mean, now? I mean, I'd say between... 150 to 200. Yeah, so they I'm on Zillow and right now they show the average price at about 185,000. So that's pretty much right in right in line. Um and that's up 14% in the past year. Mm-hmm. Any idea what you think the market might do this year for real estate in, just in our area? I mean, I think it'll steadily go up. I mean, I think they're expecting us to at least get up to 18 to 20%. Yeah, I mean, Zillow uh, Zillow predicts right around 17 and a half, so that's pretty much in line. And then if I look at the national average, um, we're right around 15% forecast for the year. Mm-hmm. National average, about 287,000. I mean, obviously, there's some, some bigger markets like New York and L.A. and Miami, that, that kind of stuff. But how does this affect my investors, my clients? You know, they ask me, with rates going up, is this a good time to be investing? Well, it depends on what you're buying, right? Yeah, it depends on the property. Depends on the property. Um, you could own properties outright, you know, buying a home with you, a, a multifamily or a rental. Mm-hmm. You could use um, some things like stocks or REITs, or um, we even have non-traded REITs. We have access to some private things, depending on the client and what their needs are. Typically, they're going to buy these properties for income, mm-hmm. right? Like a teacher. Teachers are notorious for buying rental properties. Um, they have the summers off, right? Yep. That means no income, no paychecks. And I think they have a way to to spread that out if they wanted to. They get a lower paycheck so that they get paid through the summer. But a lot of them like that higher pay uh, paycheck throughout the year. And then they get the supplemental income through the rental properties. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do think that when rates go up, certain areas of the market right. tend to get more uh, assets going their way. You know, hard assets like yep. uh, you think of like gold. Right. Traditionally, that's places materials. We've seen the cost of goods going up. Right. Lumber. 
copper, Mama. silver, gold, precious metals. How about energy? Oil. Yeah. So those things. Well, for um, sure. And I think it depends on what, it, obviously, everyone's individual. I mean, are they going to, do they want to grow their portfolio? Do What What do they want to do? What is their purpose of buying property? What's their goal? Property? Exactly. I mean, and if you're a first time, you know, investor in, in properties and you want to see more income out of it, I mean, that is definitely something to worry about because if rates go up, I mean, and you have a mortgage on this property, the Daddy. more you're paying out, the less you have coming in. Daddy. I Correct. mean, and when they advertise some of these properties, Daddy. you know, they say... Hang on, buddy. Well, we have a we have a small real estate investor looking yeah. to to really should, add some should, value. Should people, Why don't you speak up? Should people buy houses? Yes. Yes. How come? Because they do. Because they do. What do you do with a house? You live in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about mom and dad with their rental properties? Who who lives in those rental properties? We have tenants. We have tenants. We have tenants, and what do they do every month? They they work on it. They work on it, and do they do they pay uh, mom and dad money? Yeah. Yes, they do. Yep. Yes, they do. Well, you're nodding, but this is not a video podcast. This is not a, you know, a vlog. This is a, this is an audio podcast, so they can't see you. Mm-hmm. Our guests can't see you. Our no. listeners cannot see you. So, but anyways, I think with um this with rates going up and with the cost of properties going up, you know, what one time was a cash cow for one person, you know, that they bought it at eighty thousand dollars. You know, when you're selling it at three or four hundred thousand dollars to the new investor. It, that's going to have to have a mortgage on it. It's no longer a cash cow. It could almost be, you can be upside down on the property. So it that's all a good point. Because you can't, I mean, even though the value of the house went up, you're paying more for it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're buying something right now, um, you can only re- raise yeah. rent so much, right? Exactly, exactly. If that rent doesn't match the area, I mean, you're not going to pay anymore. No, right? I mean, you can't have a two bedroom in an area that only gets $1,000 a month and charge 2500 It won't rent. It's you not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So so real estate does tend to do well, just like other hard assets and things like that, gold. Um, and if you look at the correlation between real estate and even REITs in a rising rate environment, when when rates were going up, there tends to be a good, pretty good correlation, a positive correlation in the same direction as rates are going up because the value of those properties and those homes are, are also going up. Um, so that does look to prove beneficial for, yep. for REIT. So, so yeah, it can make sense for the right client depending on what their needs are and what they're looking for, exactly. uh, whether it be for income or long-term growth. So exactly. I, I do think there is a place for it. Oh, for sure. There always will be. So, Lise, if people want to reach out to you, how do they connect? What's the what's the best way to reach out and, and hire you? The best way, um, go to our website. Website, Geraci Realty. That's G-E-R-A-C-I Realty.com. Or just go to... Monarch Wealth Management. Oh, there you go. There you go. You can invest in real estate in another way. Yeah. Come to us and, and we'll definitely help you with that as well. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I think that's all the time we have today. Lisa Giamvecchio, Geraci Realty. Definitely look them up uh, if you're in the market for buying a home for yourself or maybe even for investment. Whether you get some insight from her, or, you know, reach out to us. We can certainly help you with that. Thanks again, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Hang on. Bash, do you want to say goodbye? Nope, I guess he, he lost us. He's out. He's out. He just had to interrupt half the segment, but he's good. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Pennywise Financial, brought to you by Monarch Wealth Management. 
Constantine and David really care about their clients. They want to make sure you're happy, so you'll continue to hire them. There's no commitments, and clients are free to leave whenever they want. Think about being able to pick up the phone and call someone for guidance and advice on almost anything, from buying a car, selling a home, buying vacation properties, or even selling a business. Reach out on the website at monarchwealthmanagement.com. There are two offices in Rochester and two offices in Buffalo. Reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Or call us toll-free at 800-480-1580. That's 800-480-1580. Until next time, this is Pennywise Financial signing off. in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC.